0: Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David continues the series on abundant life with a look at what Jesus said about abundancy. Let's listen. So we are in week two of the season of Lent. Lent being the 40 days directly preceding Easter. And the church encourages us to use this season as a time of spiritual preparation. So in our church, right here in unity, our spiritual preparation is going to be guided by one question. The question is, how do I live an abundant life? Because Jesus tells his followers that he came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. And that includes you, and that includes me. It's Jesus came that we may have life. Not just normal life. Not a sad life, not an extra hard life, not a status quo life, but an abundant life. Now, I wonder, have you ever woken up on a Monday morning and just thought to yourself, I just need to make it to the weekend? Or perhaps you've had a particularly tough week and you find yourself going, oh, how many more years until retirement? Or how many more years until my kids go to college. I've not said that. I'm just, it's just theory. I'm just throwing <laughs> things out there. If we're not careful, we can wish the days away. But that is, that's not how God designed us to live. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, the word for life in Greek is zoe. It's almost like someone knew that when they named their oldest child, hmm. But that word, Zoe, it means both physical life, meaning you are alive right now. You are breathing. You can take a deep breath. You are alive. It's physical life, but it also means spiritual life. Those times when you feel alive, those times when you understand you're connected to something larger than just yourself. You know those moments, don't you? When you feel alive. Uh, maybe the last time you went on a roller coaster. Now that could have been many years ago, but you still remember the feeling, don't you? Of you get strapped in, and all of a sudden your heart starts beating a little faster. And then you go up, 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 and then right on the precipice, you feel alive. You, all your senses are in high gear, and then you drop, and you lose your stomach. Or, Maybe it's when you're just involved in something that you love, and that something the hours can tick by, and you don't even realize it because you're so immersed in that thing. You are feeling alive. Yes, Jesus came that you may have life, abundant life. Now, the word abundant in Greek is perissos, and it means over and above what is necessary or expected. You probably heard during the last week in school that some seniors like to pull senior pranks as a sort of going away present to their school. I don't recommend it, I'm just aware of it. But a normal senior prank might be releasing a a dozen crickets down the hallway, and then you hear chirping all throughout the day, and whenever you hear the chirping, you think, oh, I I did that, right? That's, That's my prank. But what would be an example of a senior prank that is over and above what is necessary or expected? Well, here's a short video for one example. Let's watch that together. High school seniors in Maryland left their mark in a memorable way by releasing 72,000 ladybugs at their school. About 75 seniors chipped in to order the bugs on Amazon for $100. But on May 20th, the bugs were released by five masked suspects who broke into the school at 3.40 a.m., while two others waited in a car. Four of the pranksters are juveniles and have been charged with burglary, property destruction, and disruption of school activities. As for the other three, they will be charged by criminal summons. 72,000 ladybugs. That, I think, would be over and above in a very negative way, wouldn't it? So that's, that's abundance, but that's abundance in the wrong direction. But still, I want you to picture the same sort of excess When you picture God's vision for your life, right? We're not supposed to live just a normal life. We're talking a life that's 72,000 ladybugs type of over-the-top life. That's abundance. So how do we live abundantly? Well, we turn to the scriptures to find out. Now, Jesus often teaches in parables. And in today's parable, as Kelly mentioned, there's going to be sheep and a shepherd. Because Jesus taught in a more agricultural environment. Now, not all of us are in that environment today. And so I want to show a picture of a sheep pen in order to begin kind of rousing your imagination. Okay? So just imagine the world of sheep and sheep pens and shepherds, even if that's different from the world that you experience every day. Okay? You got this in your mind? Let's go ahead and begin the scripture. It's John chapter 1, verse 10. Anyone, Jesus says, who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. Okay, so in this sheep pen, that's where all the sheep live. And there is a gate. That's how normal people get in and out of the sheep pen. But what if someone entered another way? Uh, Maybe by jumping the fence or tunneling under. Why would they do that and not just enter through the gate? Well, in Jesus's analogy, it's because that person is a thief or a bandit. Meaning that person is intending harm for the sheep. So in our story today, we have an antagonist. We have the thief. And now Jesus is going to contrast the thief from the shepherd. He goes on, he says the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So while thieves are sneaking over the walls and finding other ways to get at the sheep, the shepherd doesn't have to do that, does he? The shepherd can just walk right through the front door Why? Because the sheep know the shepherd. The sheep recognize the shepherd. He calls them by name. I want you to picture that you're looking out over a whole field of sheep. And to most of us, they would probably all look the same, wouldn't they? Just little white fluff balls out in the field. Can you imagine a shepherd being able to distinguish each one from the other? to be able to tell you the name of every sheep that is out in that field. What an incredible sense of relationship that would prove between shepherd and sheep. Well, I think you know where we're going with this, don't you? We learn later on that Jesus is the good shepherd, and we are the sheep. Jesus knows each of us by name. But do we know his voice? Like sheep, can we recognize the voice of Jesus in our lives when he speaks to us? Being able to recognize the voice of Jesus is a part of what makes this life abundant. In normal life, for example, every day you you, you wake up and you try to live and, and be a good person to the best of your ability, but maybe you never hear the voice of God. Contrast that with an abundant life. An abundant life, every day you wake up and you try to be a good person, but over top of that, you try to sense God's voice in your life. You try to hear that impression on your heart saying, God, where are you guiding me? Every day is a realization that you are not alone, but you live this life with God, your shepherd, leading you. You recognize Jesus' voice. I think this is one of the first characteristics of abundance. An abundant life recognizes Jesus's voice and then chooses to follow. It's a life that's guided by the shepherd. Now did you notice though that Jesus is not leaving the sheep safe in the sheep pen? Jesus is guiding them out into the world. Is the world always a safe place for sheep? No. Is the world always a safe place for us? No. But Jesus is the one guiding. And as sheep who are so attuned to the shepherd's voice, we are seeking to follow. That is a step towards abundance. The parable continues. It says, When he, meaning the shepherd, has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep will follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him, because they do not know the voice of strangers. And that's it. That's the whole parable. Jesus is the shepherd, we are the sheep, and abundant life comes from following the voice of the shepherd, and not the voices of the thieves and the bandits and the strangers in your life. Jesus says all of this, but without any explanation. Which leaves the crowd going, uh, Jesus, can you tell us more? Can you explain this a little bit? And Jesus does. It says Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So here we learn that Jesus is not only the good shepherd, but Jesus is also the gate in which we enter life. But I want to particularly hone in on those last two verses because those last two verses, they really create a stark contrast for us, don't they, between the purpose of the thief and the purpose of the shepherd or Jesus. And we we're told that the purpose of the thief is to steal, it's to kill, and it's to destroy. But the purpose of Jesus is to give you life, to give you abundant life. We have a contrast here at the end of the story. So I want to encourage you to think about the thieves right now, to think about the bandits in your life, and I want you to think about them as anything that causes you to live outside of the abundant life that Jesus is seeking to give you. That is a thief or a bandit or a stranger, and you know exactly what these things are, don't you? Things like fear. What what about when fear of the future robs you of the abundance of the present moment? That fear is acting like a thief in that moment. Things like worry can do this. Or greed. Or selfishness. These are the thieves, the bandits in our lives. These things that will steal your joy. That will destroy your sense of self as God's beloved. That's what Jesus is talking about here. And without me continuing, you can add your own thieves to this list, couldn't you? In fact, that might be a great practice for you. Maybe to write down on your bulletin, what is my thief that I'm struggling with right now? Or if you're watching online, maybe typing it in. I would think it'd be very interesting to hear other people's interpretations of the thieves that they're dealing with as you list them in the chat box. But suffice it to say, we are all dealing with thieves and bandits in our lives, but Jesus is presenting an alternative. It's an alternative way to live that is open and available to all of us, and that's what we call abundant life. Now, men and women, for ages, have attempted to come up with practical steps for how to actually live this way. I mean, it's it's one thing to hear a sermon about it, and to agree with it, and it's different to live it. So I want to give you one example that someone came up with of how we can actually live this way. Uh, This example is from the 19th century uh, theologian. His name is Soren Kierkegaard. And he came up with three levels of life, or three levels of existence. And he says, we all start on level one, but abundancy an abundant life that Jesus describes, that's really in level three. Let me share with you what these levels are. He says level one is a life of only seeking pleasure. Uh, He categorizes this with the words escapist. This is an escapist life or a flight from boredom. So it's generally self-serving and not really thinking about the community. Uh, This is a person who goes from one thing to the next that gives them pleasure. And whether an activity is worthwhile or not depends on how it makes them feel. This is the most basic level of existence. Uh, This is where nature puts us because naturally we think about ourselves first, don't we? We think about what makes us happy and we pursue those things. And some people never leave this stage of development, do they? Uh, You can see them spend their whole lives pursuing the things that make them happy in the moment and then discarding them as soon as they no longer fill that void within. But what a shallow life it would be if this is our only life and existence. So Kierkegaard speaks of another. He says, but there's a level two that many, even most people reach. And he says, level two is a life of seeking the good of the community. He categorizes this as a commitment to choosing the good over the evil. He says it's an ethical mindset. So this is a person who's not caring only for oneself and what makes me happy or gives me pleasure, but is intentionally thinking about the community to which I belong. So, this is a person who's not going to live only for self, but for others, seeking to make the ethical choice that benefits the common good or the most people. Uh, You can see the differences, can't you, between the first and the second levels? I mean, the first is all about oneself. It's the individual and what makes them happy. But the second level really expands that view and takes into consideration what the good and well-being of the whole community truly is. Many people spend time on this level, and the world is better for it. But I want you to notice that on this level, it really depends on the individual's own willpower to get anything done to create the common good. And so, Kierkegaard argues we can't stop there. He says there's a third level of which we can aspire to. He calls it the level of faith, the life of faith. In this stage, a person recognizes that he or she is a created being and that there is a creator. And this recognition completely changes your approach to life. Because in this stage... comes the realization that one's good works alone are not the point of one's existence. The point of your existence is to develop a faith in a creator of which no good works are required. And yet, the more that faith is developed, the more good works naturally flow out of that holy relationship. Kierkegaard believes that ultimate abundance— comes from knowing that you are a loved creation of God. Now, I think we all travel through these stages throughout life, don't we? Uh, There are times we're thinking only of ourselves. And there are times where we can step past that and say, no, I am working for the good of the community. Maybe it's just my small community, my family. Or times where it's a step beyond that and it impacts more people. But I think the goal for us is to to reside most often in this life of faith, where we make choices and decisions based on one's identity as a beloved creation of God. Because if that's your view, if that's your outlook on life, that will change every way that you then approach this life that we live. Yes, in faith, we come to believe that we are good and that we are acceptable simply because we are created by a loving God. And I believe that that is where true abundance begins. So in future weeks, we're going to explore more about how to lean into this identity. But for this week, I'd encourage you to spend some time thinking, praying, and discerning how you can live truly more of your time on this level of faith. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week!